Hi, Katie. Welcome, everyone, to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. (laughs) And other stuff, too, sometimes. (laughs) How's it going? Uh, Yeah, good. Not too bad. I'm kind of worried that lockdown will never end, though. Or, like, or restrictions. Not lockdown, like, restrictions. Because now they're, Mm. like... Uh, apparently now now the vaccine won't won't save us apparently so basically it'll never end never ending well at least there are some shops open this is true yeah because yeah. i've been getting quite dangerously low on pants so yeah <laughs> but you guys guys i'm like yeah my, i've got no socks all my socks have got holes in them that's like that's just like the story of my life though i don't think there's ever i've ever had a period in my life where all my socks didn't have holes in them uh let's talk about history let's do it that's what the people are here for so i'm guessing you haven't heard of this person because i'm not sure that your christian history is the strongest of your points i know almost (laughs) nothing about christian history (laughs) (laughs) but um, i'm gonna ask you anyway have you ever heard of pope formosus no. Ha- okay. Oh. Though, Taiwan used to be called Formosa, so does he have anything to do with that? No. Oh, okay. Well, as far as I know, but <laughs> Damn it. that's, um, maybe. <laughs> I would kind of rate that. Okay, so let's just dive, dive right in. So, obviously, there's some bits that I don't know, because this story is based around the 800s. Okay, oh, wow. so this is, yeah, this is, um... The darkest of the dark ages. Dark ages. Really dark. <laughs> so he was born probably in Rome and probably around 816. Okay, so that's like the approximate date we have for birth. It's a safe It's a safe guess. A safe estimate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have anything for early life. Nothing from childhood or education or anything. But you would presume that... Obviously, I've already told you guys that he becomes Pope, so you presume that he grew up in a very Catholic family and that he had some sort of d- divinity education. Yeah, probably went into the church early. Did all yeah, that. Yeah, very Worked early. his way up the ladder. Exactly. So I know that he became Cardinal of Porto, which is on the coast of Rome, which obviously I realised Porto is like a port. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. in That was in... 864 so cardinal is like a couple of steps up in the yeah in the kind of bridge to popedom in my mind like a cardinal is always like a heel character just because of three musketeers like cardinal richenu oh he's a bad guy so they're all bad guys as far as i'm concerned because of <laughs> baddies because of the three musketeers well you can make up your mind over whether you think formosus is a baddie or a goodie so he became Cardinal of Porto, like I said, in 864. In 866, Pope Nicholas I appointed him legate to Bulgaria. So this is, I think, as far as I can tell, what he wanted, mm. what Formosus wanted. Okay. What, is a, what is a legate then? I think a legate is like um, the Christian way of saying like... Um, like a, yes, an ambassador. Like an ambassador. So okay. it's like someone who is there like representing the Pope. So, like an ambassador for the Pope. So, he also took other diplomatic missions for the church. This is obviously the Catholic Church. He went to France, and that was between 869 and 872. 
So then we have some stuff happening in Rome that becomes important. So in 872, Charles the Bald, yes, Charles the Bald, became the new emperor of Rome. And Formasus was the guy who conveyed the Pope's invitation to Charles to come and be crowned. Because at that time, okay, I'll talk about this a bit more, but in that time, it was the Pope who crowned the emperor. I'd love it if Charles the Bull just had really long, <laughs> yeah. flowing, luscious locks. Just a completely just ironic be like, name. What? <laughs> so, like I said, back in 1867, when he was actually in Bulgaria, he said that at the time he actually wanted to be named Archbishop of Bulgaria. But since canons were forbade a bishop to change sees, you know, like the Holy See, um, the crest was denied. Okay. So he couldn't going to be Archbishop of Bulgaria seeing as he was already had his Porto like placement some yeah weird okay. thing so once you're once you're attached to a place that's your place it's like it's like another part of you it's like an appendage unless like an the Pope like a like changes it because he can like do whatever he wants okay then so then like I said Charles the Bald was he was crowned at um, Pavia and received the imperial signet insignia in rome on the 29th of december however it was not all smooth sailing for charles the board it wasn't as smooth as his shiny shiny head there were those who <laughs> opposed his coronation the believing that whether a german or the previous emperor's widow whose name is engelberger should have gotten the crown instead of him so there's like people who are opposing charles the board and many of these supporters actually left rome in fear of persecution now, this is where Formosus himself flees Rome. I assume because he opposes Charles the Bald. However, I don't okay. know for sure that's why he fled, but that's what I'm assuming because people were, were fleeing mm-hmm. because of persecution. He went to Tours and he apparently had despoiled the cloisters in Rome, which is just like... Well, he oh. must have done it out of some sort of protest for Charles the Bald. <laughs> On the 19th of April, uh, Pope John VIII called a synod. So he called a council, which means that everyone had to return that was within the synod. So he ordered Formosus and all the other papal officials back to Rome. However, Formosus did not comply. And because of this, he was removed from the clergy and excommunicated... Because A, he had abandoned his diocese without papal permission, and B, he opposed the emperor. He conspired with men and women for the destruction of the cloisters. So he was being very naughty, very naughty um, boy. So this is like a long road back to Pope then, after being excommunicated. So the condemnation of Formosus was announced in July of 872. However, in 878, the excommunication was lifted as long as he didn't return to Rome and he didn't resume priestly duties. So you could still, obviously, when you're excommunicated, you can't, you're not a Christian anymore. Like, they're like, that's it, you're out. Yeah. So, but they did lift that six years later, but they said that you can't be a priest anymore. That was always my main goal in life when I was a goth to be excommunicated. But, like, you have to be in the church before you can be excommunicated. Yeah, so, I know. 
I just thought it sounded I, cool. I will excommunicate <laughs> you from my religion that I just made up. There we go. <laughs> Saying all this, he had been kind of a, a candidate for papacy. Like, as early as 872. In fact, some say that the Pope saw him as a rival. And perhaps that is why the Pope at the time like did all the stuff like excommunicated him and stuff. Mm. So he laid low in Lombardy and waited for the situation in Rome to improve. Then in 883, John VIII died and his successor, Marnius I, restored Formosus to his diocese of Portus. So he's back in Rome, in Portus, and back in favour. Following Marianus was Adrian III and Stephen V. On the 6th of October, 1891, Stephen V had died and Formosus was unanimously elected as Pope. So this is a big turnaround oh, for wow. him. So it was quite an easy I think, route you know, back he, then. he laid low for like 10 years. Or like, you know, a bit less than 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, made his way back. So to put this in a bit of context, let's just talk about what the Popes in the Middle Ages actually did. So after the fall of the Roman Empire... The Pope served as a kind of source of authority and continuity throughout the Western world. Mm. In 800, Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne, and this created precedent that no man would be emperor in Western Europe without being crowned by the Pope. Between 867 and 1049, this marked a really low point for the papacy. It became under control of vying political factions. Popes were imprisoned, starved, killed, and deposed all over the place. One pope apparently also held orgies in the papal residence. This is now my favourite pope. I'm not even surprised. I'm slightly surprised about that. Between 872 and 956, there are a total of 24 popes, which is massive. Like huge that's a lot of popes considering in our lifetimes we're both in our 30s we've only known two popes so much for being ordained that's a lot of popes i'm just saying (laughs) it just proves like how much religion was just used for power and propaganda as opposed to like really believed by those people in power so the pope at the time played a central role in power struggles across the italian peninsula and they often openly intervened in royal feuds and Formosus is definitely getting some on some of that. So let's talk about his papacy. <laughs> his reign as Pope was fraught from the start. First of all, he was asked to intervene in the Patriarchate of Constantinople, which is basically one of the churches that makes up the Eastern Orthodox Church. There's like, I think there's like 16 churches that make up the Eastern Orthodox Church or whatever, and this one was one of them. So this would be in Byzantine Empire, like, uh, period, as opposed to Ottoman. No, no Ottoman in this one. So the head <laughs> of the church, who of that church, who was Photius I, had just been ejected, and Stephen I, who was the son of a former emperor, had taken the office. Photius had ordained people, and when, because he was ejected, all those ordinations had been, like, nullified, by hmm. the Pope before Formosus, and Formosus re- refused to reinstate them. So he's just kind of holding up what he- the previous Pope did. However, 
Eastern bishops decided to go against Formosus and recognise the ordinations anyway. Like, imagine some doing something against the okay. Pope. That's a pretty bold move. He also got involved in a dispute between Udu of... I think I'm pronouncing it Odo of Paris, or Udu of Paris, aka the King of West Francia. So this is, like, France. And Charles the Simple, who would later become king, and their, like, throne argument. Formosus sided with Charles and asked Odo to step aside, which Odo didn't. It's like, who dis? There were also troubles at home. Formosus was suspicious of the reigning emperor, Guy III, and he began to look for support against him. Guy then forced Formosus to crown his son, Lambert, as co-emperor in April of 1892. The next year, Formosus managed to convince Arnulf of Corinthia, who was like the Duke of Corinthia, to advance on Rome and liberate Italy. So basically, Formosus doesn't like Guy. He doesn't like Lambert. They don't agree with him, so he thought, I'll just get somebody else to invade <laughs> Rome and take over. <laughs> so, in 1894, Arnulf's army occupied much of north of Italy, so like, above Rome. Then, Guy III okay. died and left Lambert in the care of his mother. So how old is Lambert? I'm not sure, but yeah, full-on infant. Not an infant, yeah. I think, like a okay. teenager. Okay. So in autumn 1895, Arnulf undertook the second campaign, progressing to Rome, and he seized the city in February of 1896. However, there was a faction that was loyal to Lambert, and they rebelled and tried to imprison Formosus. He was freed a few days later by Arnulf, he had finally won the city. The day after the city was seized, Formosus crowned Arnulf in St. Peter's Basilica. Have you been to the, the Basilica? The Vatican? No, I haven't been to Rome. I've only been to North Oh Italy, my god, I London. love Rome. I've been there quite a few times and it's one of my most favourite places. It's so beautiful. Yeah, the food go. is just like amazing and everything is gorgeous and i could just i could live there happily it's so nice i also really love naples and they have the best pizza because where they yeah, invented pizza so um <laughs> and i've been to the place that's like won the world cup in pizza and it really was like one of the best pizzas <laughs> i've ever had so there's a world cup for pizza yeah and they won it is, uh... so <laughs> so you may think this is coming at a really early time but you'll see. So, Formosus died on the 4th of April, 1896, only a few months after take, <laughs> the taking of Rome. Some say he was poisoned, some say it was just old age, seeing as he was 80. Some praised him for being pious, and some said he was actually disloyal to the Italian throne. He was succeeded by Boniface VI, whose papal see only lasted 15 days. However, this story does not end with his death. After Boniface VI was Stephen VI, who initially, like, aligned with Arnulf, but then Arnulf, like, left Italy, and he immediately changed sides and aligned with Lambert. Lambert's still alive, and he's, like, a bigger boy now. <laughs> Lambert then decided to go to Rome, which had been reclaimed by his supporters, and convinced the new pope to condemn Formosus for his actions, despite the fact that he's dead and buried. He insisted that this condemnation happen in public so it would shame Formosus' followers. There would be a trial held in front of the papal, like, the council, 
and Robo nobility. Mm-hmm. And best of all, Formosus himself would be in attendance. What? So we're gonna, <laughs> they're going to dig him up. So, in early 1897, Pope Stephen VI and Lambert ordered that Formosus be dug up and his corpse be brought to San Giovanni in La- Laritano for the trial. How long has he been dead for? So this is 1897, so this is the year after his death. So he's only been dead a year. Okay. In the pictures, it's like a skeleton, but I really don't think it's long enough for him to be a skeleton. Yeah, that's just going to be putrefied. Anyway, it's pretty disgusting. Zombie corpse. (laughs) So cardinals, bishops, and other dignitaries were all in attendance. They dressed the dead pope up in his papal vestments and propped him up on a chair. Oh, man. This is grim. He was assigned a lawyer, and the charges were read to him. <laughs> like, to the corpse. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. How do you plead? <laughs> He's, like, looking down on them or up on them, whatever. Being like, <laughs> you fools. The charges, one of which was his appointment as Pope, which was apparently illegal, were read to the corpse, and the de- a deacon was appointed to speak for him. It's not known if his defence lawyer actually made a good defence, because if he had, he probably would have been, like, just killed. So he probably didn't actually try and defend him. <laughs> Deliberately flushed Yeah, but either way, obviously he found guilty, and they said that, that he couldn't appeal. <laughs> I mean, he dead, oh, yeah. so he's not appealing. <laughs> So the court disposed him, condemned him, and revoked all of his appointments, which also meant any clerics appointed by him were forced to repeat the appointment process. It's just like long. Oh, okay, they had to reapply for their yeah. jobs. God, and they were like, annoying. man, I just... Hate it when that happens. <laughs> like, I was in with one pope, and I'll get in with the other pope. <laughs> so Formosus was stripped of his papal vestments. Three of his fingers, which would have been used for like blessings and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. my child or whatever. They were chopped off. That would have been difficult. They're probably falling off already anyway. <laughs> his body was dressed in common clothes and he's buried in a pauper's grave. But Stephen wasn't satisfied with this, so he dug him up and threw him in the Tiber. <laughs> Suffice to say, this was a pretty low point for Rome. <laughs> um, so Stephen VI was actually imprisoned a few months later and strangled to death in prison. Oh, man. God, it's not good to be a pope this at this is time, like, is it? Yeah, don't become pope. And two years later, Pope John the Ninth reinstated Formosus and banned trials of any more dead people. Uh, yeah, I think that's very wise. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> There's actually a story about how some humble fishermen pulled Formosus' remains out of the river, which may have been a myth, but we, his body was reburied when the new pope came in. Um, with full Christian honours. So that is the story of Formosus and his dead trial. And the trial of the corpse. I've also got a little bit here at the end about how one becomes Pope. <laughs> would you like to know how to become Pope, Dan? Yes, I would, because uh, I've been considering it. I've been <laughs> as, considering it. As a path. I'm going to admit. Well, to be honest, you don't fit many of these criteria. So I'm just going to... First of all, one... You need to be a man. So you do. You are a man. Okay, um, then. So that's yep, me, yeah, yep, yep. automatically. Despite, despite what some people think. Number two, you have to be a Catholic. So unfortunately, that's where your plan Damn falls it. down. Can't claim to Can't claim to, to be one of them. 
But hang on, how hard is it to become a Catholic? Can't I just say, I'm a Catholic now and then I'm a Catholic? You can become a Catholic. Well, I don't know. Like, I think these types of Catholics... I don't think... Is there like... I don't think there's like a... There's like an application You have to be like a hardcore Catholic. You have to go online and get on there. Well, um, I think... Get a card. Do I need like a card? When I was researching this, uh, I think it was where there's like one billion Catholics in the world or something. Okay. Which is... It's a lot of Catholics, but you can't. So the cardinals select the pope. In theory, they could select any Catholic they wanted, but they just don't. They obviously. So it's not like becoming like a councillor for like the Lib Dems, where you could just join tomorrow and then be a councillor. No, it's like the opposite like, it's a bit of more that. Than that. <laughs> um, so first, you need to become a priest, which in the Catholic Church usually means like a bachelor's degree and a master's in something like divinity. And you also have to be unmarried. From Hogwarts. Divinity, not divination. <laughs> um, and you have to be unmarried and you have to be celibate. Though, I mean, that one guy, that Pope who had an orgy. From that point onwards, or could you, yeah. Exactly. No, I think the idea is you've have... always been celibate. But I don't know how they, like, okay, check then. that. Yeah. How do they really check that? Way they can... they After that. that, you need to become a, a bishop. Which means that instead of just having a church, you have a cathedral and you like look after a whole load of churches. Regional manager. Yeah, essentially a regional manager. <laughs> to become a bishop, you actually need to be on this like secret list of potential bishops. And that actually okay. goes all the way to the Vatican, where the Bishop Congress like review it. And then the Pope mm, gets the final office. okay of all bishops. It's just a big corporation, isn't it? Head office needs to take a look at your credentials. Like the CEO of the Catholic Church, okay, so. <laughs> so then after that, you need to become a cardinal, which is a bishop plus cardinal. So a cardinal is still a bishop, but it's like an extra thing. So there's like only like, I don't know, a really small number of actual cardinals. I'm going to say like under 100, uh, okay, where then. there's like 5,000 bishops. So then... Obviously, a pope must then die. Yeah. Oh, by the way, only a pope can make you a cardinal. Um, okay. So then the pope has to die or retire, though most of the time, it's like 97% of the time, they die. Only like yeah. 3% of the time they retire. Like if you're like a Hitler youth or something. Yeah, then you, you probably should retire. <laughs> so the cardinals <laughs> then all get together in the Vatican and they vote four times a day for the new Pope. So they can only vote for one of themselves. Well, they can't. They could vote for anyone they wanted. But, like, okay. they always vote for one of themselves. And, they, and it just refreshes every day. You can just vote four times four a day. Four times a day until, there's a, until two-thirds majority agree. So oh, there's okay, a then. secret ballot. So they use a piece of paper. They go up to, like, the, the top of the altar thing. And they say this big yeah. phrase in Latin or maybe it's in... English now, I don't know whether or Italian or something. Okay. Probably in Latin. Yeah. That's like, you know, here is my vote. Then it then all the votes get counted and looked at and then they they're burned afterwards. And that's the is that the So the yeah, there's the smoke. So you'll see on like and this is a secret, so that's where you never see any like footage. You'll see the footage of the the pipe, which is is black smoke until they have decided and then white smoke once they have decided. Uh, so how do they create the white smoke? Is it like dependent on the? I don't know. The Maybe it looks like holy smoke. <laughs> holy smokes! <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> 
maybe that's where that phrase comes from i don't know um so usually this process takes a few weeks but the record for this process is actually three years <laughs> my god and finally if you become pope you choose a new name um usually one of the names that a previous folk pope has used and if i was pope i would definitely be formosus the <laughs> second so there's a big book of Pope names. Yeah, but it's not that big. They have to pick. She's so like John. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a couple of or pages. Paul, or like Benjamin. They do love John yeah. and Paul. Those are and uh, yeah, like pious as well, which is just not a name. That's yeah. just a, that's just a word. Sort of, that's yeah. a describing word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really laying it on thick, isn't it? That one. All right. <laughs> yeah, we it. get you it. You're pious. pious. You're well, usually <laughs> kings and queens choose You're new names as well, like English kings and queens. That's but true, obviously, yeah. Elizabeth was like, I ain't doing that. She I got, was like, nah, I'm just going to keep this. I'm bothered, which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth's a good a good monarch name. Yeah, it was the first been used one. Before. The original Queenie was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, she didn't change her name either. Good no. Queen Bess. <laughs> one of my faves. Who is your favourite monarch? I quite like um, William and Mary mm. because, uh, no, that was the uh, kind of like after the chaos of the English Civil War, but but when uh, the monarch started handing still over Stuart. powers to like mm. Parliament, yeah, still Parliament. had good hair. Quite like Anne as well. Anne was Anne quite chaotic cool, and interesting. I thought she was insane. Yeah, that's why I the like thing her. is, I love the Tudors. I love the period of Tudors. But mm. obviously Henry VIII is, was like a terrible person. But obviously yeah. his reign is yeah, one awful. of the most interesting. Because I love the, the wives of Henry VIII, but he <laughs> he is just like a bona fide serial killer. Yeah. I like Charles. I like his art. Charles I. Yeah, I like Charles I. Yeah, we like him. Highly misunderstood. I don't know. I think monarch, maybe I, think. I choose Victoria. Just because of everything that was going on, and she was so like, she was just there for so long. You get a lot of bang for your buck with Victoria. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she was uh, she ruled over the worst worst of British imperialism. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy the story of the trial of Formosus? Of a corpse, <laughs> yeah. I can't I think mean... of any other dead people that have. Have been put on trial. Faced face a trial. Mm. I mean, like, it is a bit pointless because there's not much you can do to You're it. You're already afterwards. dead. So I suppose I suppose you can. You can bury it in a pauper's grave and then change your mind and throw it into the divers. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Like, And take it's already... It's already... But then he just got... Disconnecting fingers. And, and then... They, they probably didn't even mean... They probably didn't even, like... Decided they were going to cut off his fingers. When they were moving him, his fingers probably fell off, and they went, "Ah, uh, this can be a punishment as well." They're like <laughs> his blessing fingers. <laughs> Happy accident, guys! Happy Can't accident! Bless We've no got more his, for You've got his blessing fingers. I wonder if they like what their rationale was. It was probably just political, but whether or not there was some sort of like thought in their heads are like, "Oh, if he's like in heaven, we need to sort that out." Like, we, yeah. we want to, like, excommunicate him or something. Because really, like, but surely, they must believe that, that he is, like, in heaven. Yeah. Like, if, if God exists, then God is almighty and all-knowing. And whatever judgment God has already made on his spirit, 
is the judgment. Yeah, so, so it must have been political. I mean, like, it makes no sense. There's no yeah. other reason. Yeah, so I think, you know, nowadays it's much more geared towards, like, the most pious person. Yeah. And there's no, like, there's not a lot of political doings and the that Pope does. It's a boring contest. <laughs> I know what is pious. What does pious mean? I don't know. No, Dan. <laughs> it's like, I just know I'm not it, is what I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely am. I've not been to a Catholic church like service. Um, yeah, you? it was really long. <laughs> I'm to a Catholic <laughs> wedding. I've been to a Catholic yeah, wedding too. There's a lot of kneeling. Yeah. 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 That was very yeah. Catholic. There's a lot of Catholicness going on it there. It was like kind of fun because it was like a lot of ceremony and that's I mean, yeah. you might as well just do it up. But then you do have to do the whole thing yeah. where you meet with the priest like beforehand and blah 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 and I ain't, yeah. I ain't down for that. It must be difficult doing like a wedding when you're a Catholic priest, knowing that you're not allowed to do that. A little bit of jealousy in there, I reckon. Yeah. It's like watching your mates get drunk when you're working in a bar and you're not allowed to get See, drunk. See, this is why I worked in a so bar where I was allowed drunk. to get drunk. Yeah. Um, so what's for dinner tonight, Dan? Uh, I'm going to have a Cantonese classic, chicken and uh, celery and cashew nuts. Mm. Delicious. I mean, Delicious. none of those things I would eat. I would eat celery, that's fine. But I'm not a big fan of cashews. And I don't eat, don't eat really? chicken, so... Fry up some cashews and that. Oh, is I don't mind them like yeah, in food. like fried. Yeah, I just yeah. don't like them when they're like not cooked. No. Mm. How about you? We are having fish slash fake fish, depending on which of us we are. Ah. Um, croquet potatoes and. Oh, very nice. Um, so I call them croquet potatoes. They're actually called potato croquettes, though for my entire life I called them croquet potatoes, and nobody thought to correct me until I was twenty-four. So. We're just going to call them that, and like it's, it's close and enough. And you could probably play croquet with them. I mean, they're it's shaped so like the end of a croquet thing. That's why I genuinely thought yeah. they were called that. Oh, exactly. You could play mini croquet while you're eating your dinner. Who doesn't want to do that? I also bought a soda stream, so I will be drinking. Yeah. Oh, really? Ah. I will be drinking soda water. I've always I kind of remember I always wanted one of those when I was younger. So apparently, don't save a stream. Build apparently there, they're evil. Yeah, make, like, produce on the on the West Bank or something. And the that was a long time ago, though. I wherever. think that was probably that was yeah. like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I think my boycotting days are over. Anyone too old and long in the teeth for that? I remember I boycotted like Starbucks when I was younger. I can't remember why. I boycotted Coca Cola for like sixteen years, and I've been doing Nestle like since I was born. Yeah, I'm boycotting Coca-Cola just because I don't like Coca-Cola. <laughs> that's not boycott. So it's not really a boycott. There's nothing, like moral, nothing moral going it. on there. I just don't like it. <laughs> that also includes, like, obviously Fanta, Sprite, and um, Innocent Smoothies yeah. owned by Coca-Cola. By, by rights, I should uh, boycott Fanta because it is a Nazi drink, but it's so delicious, I can't... Yeah, Matt likes Fanta. And that's that. This is why I bought so yeah. drinks, then you can just add, like, orange flavouring. That's true, but there's no, none of I don't know. It's hard to get hold of those those lovely chemicals. That <laughs> yeah, those addictive chemicals. So delicious. Is, Coca Cola <laughs> is probably the most delicious drink in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, really. But I, I just hate it. I haven't blah, drank it in blah. such a long time. Also, it would totally mess up my system. 
my IBS would be there for like a week. It would be like hitting me down. It's not worth it, Katie. My old manager used to have coke in the morning instead of tea. I just oh don't my understand God. how anyone can do that. I used that to drink horrible. coke in the morning. Oh. Like when I was like 18. Oh boy. Yeah, skin yeah. days. It's probably half acceptable to do it then. Yeah. Half. Don't drink coke, kids. It's bad for you. And as are Monster and Red Bull... Yeah, that's not, yeah. Always end up having it with Jaeger, though, don't you? It's I hate Jaeger as well. Is. I hate I hate both the drinks. I still drink them, though. <laughs> still have Jaeger bombs. It's just what happens when <laughs> you're what out. happens. You don't want it to happen. It just happens. Sometimes someone will just hand me one, and then I'll just have it. I'll feel bad yeah. the next day. Um, yeah. And speaking about feeling bad the next day... How about you don't feel bad the next day because you've subscribed to our podcast <laughs> right here, wherever you're listening to this. That was a great that was segue. A s- sweet segue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and another way not to feel bad is to follow us on social media because uh, our posts will do away with all the misery that the rest of social media is bringing down Yeah, on you. come over. Uh, have you ever pod? Come over. Have you ever pod, you know? <laughs> Follow us on on Instagram and and Twitter. Though I haven't been doing the Instagram very much, I apologise. I need to get back on there. And what else? Um, give us a review if you want to. If you enjoyed the story or other stories, five stars would be great. But no pressure. If you want to, that would be great. It helps us. I like a little bit of pressure. It helps but us just the like algorithm. Not... Okay. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.